Good morning, everyone. If you're uh, on the call the first time, we are glad you are here. We don't believe anybody shows up on this call by accident. And uh, I just want to encourage you that uh, if you've been uh, on the call uh, for a while now, that uh, uh, you wouldn't hesitate to give the, the uh, dial-in number out to anybody. Right now, with a lot of people being uh, uh, under uh, stay-at-home orders in, in your particular states, uh, there's a lot of people that's sitting at home, and some of those people are uh, basically, I think, hopeless. And uh, this could be some interaction that uh, could be positive for them. So I encourage you to uh, reach out to th those individuals that might enjoy being on the call with us. Uh, one other little housekeeping deal, we, you can no longer uh, sign up via text anymore. Uh, I've only had like five people sign up for that, and the expense of doing that was just it outweighed the benefit, in my opinion. But you can still forward that text on to uh, you know anyone you want to that we send out the reminder text on. And uh, I'm going to work on a way that people can get in touch with me so we can add them to that. This morning, uh, Ken Horseman will be leading our devotional, and I'll turn it over to Ken now. Thanks, Michael. Good morning, all. Um, as, as Michael started off, we've got a lot of anxieties with being quarantined and social distance. And uh, as of this morning, I was looking at the statistics uh, about this novel coronavirus, and it's infected more than 428,405 people across 167 countries and territories, resulting in over 19,120 deaths. Now, when I looked at these numbers on Monday, um, those deaths were in the 14,000 range. And so it's increased by um, my 5,000 since, since Monday morning. In the U.S., all 50 states plus the District of Columbia have reported confirmed cases of that COVID-19, tallying over 55,225 illnesses and at least 802 deaths. And again, on Monday, those deaths in the United States were in the 470 range. So it's, it's doubled, and it's, it's continuing to spread, and there's a lot of anxieties. But the good news is, is that I saw that more than 176 people have, in the U.S. have recovered. And that's good news, because God is still working in the background. He has us. He has it in control, and he is healing. A closer review of those statistics breaks those cases and deaths related to this virus down by the states. And as I read that, I was like, man, this is really getting close to home. They, they, they could, I could break it down into, um, into Waco and into our, um, in our community. And it's, and it's like there's, I believe there's 17 cases here in Waco. No deaths, thank you, God, but there's 17 here in Waco. And my heart goes out to those families that are suffering and mourning the deaths of those family members. And I'm thinking, can they have a memorial service? Are they able to have a memorial service? Can they meet with 10 or more people? Um, or is the government going to come in and give them a citation? Would, who would show up? Maybe there's some that have anxiety, so, so much anxieties about this that they wouldn't even show up for the memorial service fearing that maybe someone from the immediate family had con contracted that, that virus, they didn't want to get infected with it. So where is the body of Christ during these tough times? Are we staying at, staying at home and quarantining ourselves and not thinking of those who need our assistance, our muscles, our cooking, our service? I see my neighbors next door, Marv and Sharon, and they're in their late 70s. 
right? And I've got to keep my social distance from them, but they have their family coming in and their, their, their children coming in and servicing them, and the body of Christ is servicing them. Think about the claims. For those who are in the, in the fire claims business like I am, think about those claims that you receive where that customer's home is a total loss. Maybe someone perished in that fire. For me, when I, when I get that claim, I reflect on how, God, how good God is to me and how he's protected me in his abundant grace, mercy, and compassion. But then I begin to weep. I weep for my customer and their situation. And it tears my heart that they're having to go through that tough time. It tears my heart that um, people are suffering um, from this illness and they're scared to get out. So we've got a couple stories here from from the, the Passion Translation of the Bible. And the first one I want to start off with is in John chapter 11. And this is the wonderful story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And we've all heard the story. Lazarus became very sick from this coronavirus to the point where he is, he is going to die. And his sisters who were in quarantine, this is my own little translation, sent a message to Jesus letting them know that their brother was ill. And they asked if Jesus would come quickly. He, they, they knew Jesus. Jesus hung out with them. He knew intimately Lazarus. But Jesus' response to the messengers is that that sickness would not end in death, that it would give glory and praise to God. So those messengers are going, yay, God, God has this. He knows that Lazarus isn't going to die. And Jesus, Jesus waited a few days, being in quarantine himself, and when he knew that Lazarus had fallen asleep, died, he determined it was time to act, right? God has our prayers. He hears our prayers, but sometimes he doesn't respond in our time. He responds in his time. So this is where the Passion Translation really picks up in verse uh, 32. When Mary finally found Jesus outside the village, she fell at his feet in tears and said, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. 33, Jesus looked at Mary and he saw her weeping at his feet and all her friends who were grieving and he shuddered with emotion. And he was deeply moved with tenderness and compassion. And I adore what Jesus said, does in verse 35. Then tears streamed down Jesus' face. You see, he saw, he saw um, many of those weeping. And the mourners um, who saw him weeping, mourners were saying, look how much he loved Lazarus. Yet others were saying, isn't this the one who opens the blind eyes? Why didn't he do something to keep Lazarus from dying? There's a lot of people out there in our world, our neighbors, that are in quarantine, they're in their home, and they're asking the same question, where is God in this coronavirus? Why doesn't he show up? Why doesn't he prevent this from happening? Let's continue on in, 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 um, in John 11. Then Jesus, with intense emotions, came to the tomb, a cave with a stone placed over its entrance, and Jesus told them, roll away the stone. But Martha said, but Lord, it's been four days since he died. By now his body is already decomposing. Jesus looked at her and said, didn't I tell you that if you will believe in me, you will see God unveil his power? And we know how the story ends. Lazarus is raised from the dead. But let me share another story. A passage, a passage from Mark chapter 9. This is where Jesus is walking up to a crowd 
and they're arguing. They're 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 arguing about something that's going on, and he, he questions, "What's what are you arguing about?" And in verse 17, a man speaks up out of the crowd, and he says, "Teacher, I have a son possessed by a demon that makes him mute. I brought him here to you, Jesus. Whenever the demon takes control of him, it knocks him down, and he foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth, his body becomes stiff as a board. And I brought him to your disciples." hoping they could deliver him, but they were not strong enough. And Jesus said to the crowd, Why are you such a faithless people? Longer must I remain with you and put up with your unbelief. Now bring the boy to me. So they brought him to Jesus, and as soon as that demon saw him, it threw the boy into convulsions, and he fell to the ground. He was rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And Jesus turned to the father and asked, How long has your son been tormented like this? A childhood, the father replied. The demon tries over and over to kill him by throwing him into a fire of water. But please, please, if you're able to do something, anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, what do you mean if? If you are able to believe, all things are possible to the believer. And this is what I love. When he heard this, the boy's father cried out with tears, saying, I do believe, Lord Jesus. I do believe. Help my little faith. You see, we as Christians, we believe in the great God Almighty. He's got this under control. But we have our anxieties. We have our worries. We have our worries about our 401K. We have our worries about how we're going to handle our claims. We have worries about um, anxieties about being cooped up and, um, and confided in a house with our wife and our kids. And during these times of quarantine, and social distance, we may not be able to serve with our hands and the feet, but we can serve with a compassionate heart. Weep for those whose lives have been impacted by this pandemic. Cry out to God to save, heal, redeem your neighborhood, your city, your county, your state, your country. Cry out to him and let him know that there is unbelief in your heart. There's anxieties in your heart. Cry out to him with that passionate heart. You see, David says in Psalm 56, You, God, keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. God is a compassionate God, a loving God. He loves it when we weep, when we cry out to him, because we're really, we're coming and we're saying, I can't do this anymore. I don't know how to move forward. And when we cry out to him, he hears our, he hears our prayers. And Prophet Joel says, but don't tear your clothing in grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and he's filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Right? I believe as, as, as believers in Christ, we shouldn't be asking God why, but what do you want to teach us? And we know he is merciful and compassionate, and he's filled with unfailing love. But let's, let's return, let's return to God. And maybe this virus is what is helping us as a nation return to God. And remember, um, God blesses you who are hungry now, for you all will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. This will pass. This coronavirus will pass, and we'll get back to our, our normal state of living and we'll look back on it and we'll see how God provided and answered our prayers. So we, my challenge to you is to think about those who are around you who are suffering, who are emotionally in a wreck, and 
How can you, you may not be able to serve them directly, but you can pray for them. Weep out for God, for he hears our prayers. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you love us and you are compassionate towards us and you hear our prayers. And our hearts are torn for our nation and our neighborhoods. Be with our, our families. Be with our neighbors. Be with those who we want to fellowship with. Bring us, bring us back together quickly. Come soon and heal our nation. And teach us what you want us to teach us. And may we have hearts, grieving hearts, um, that weep and, and cry out to you. Because we need you, God, more than anything right now in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.